<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. Can evil. Not our real names. Not our real names. Nailed it. This is, uh, I think, ladies and gentlemen, one of the oddest intros that you've heard from a little independent, but that is the podcast that you are currently listening to, <laughs> and I hope uh, of your own volition, under no duress whatsoever, and thank you for doing it. Uh, this is the podcast where two friends discuss, nay, celebrate... Yes. Independent, obscure, just plain weird movies. My name is Ryan. And I'm Todd in the duress-free environment. <laughs> I like how you... <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Hi, Todd. You just said duress... It came from you. Hi, Ryan. Yes, it did. I just, I'm just saying I don't know where that came from. I just hope that uh, the listeners are feeling uh, feeling peaceful. Well, I, I hope our... Listening to this because they want to. I hope us coming into their house, into their... Ears. <laughs> wait, 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 let's back. That didn't come out right. Uh, <laughs> listening. Here's the thing. In their I, direct I'm going to let all the aspiring comedians out there. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just going to leave air for that. And you know what? You guys write your own joke to that. Like, how would you have responded? Because I know how I'd respond. I, I'm sweating. But um, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is episode 37 Yes, that's what I have circled in my Which notes. Which is really exciting. And I know in the past we've had some, uh, you know, discrepancies, you know, that came up uh, in episode 13. Um, so I, we, we've been really good moving forward. And episode three, you mean? No, 13, I think. Uh, I thought the island, most beautiful island you were talking about. No, the, where we, we had uh, confusion as to which episode it was, 13 or 14 or 12 or 13 or one of those. It was in that. Oh, we were. Oh, okay. I was thinking about that the other day, but we've been, I think, pretty good about that. And um, we we are going from, I think, one really independent movie to another really independent movie. But this week's movie is probably even more independent than the last. Yeah, this is mega, no budget independent. Yeah. So the exciting thing about this one is it is my first blind date. So I'm (laughs) Ryan. Episode 10, he went out on a blind date immediately, out the gate, and uh, it took me yeah. to, to episode 37 to uh, get the chutzpah to go on a blind date, I guess. This is... Is that the right word? Is that This is fascinating I, to me <laughs> because you are a, a little blushing day after, and I, I, I'm really curious as to how this blind date went, because if we had to quantify our blind dates, uh-huh. I, I dated a, a very... Uh, I had a very stern German blind date, yeah, with a lot of inner turmoil and, uh, um, you know, hopelessness and some hope and music you hated. So um, I'm just kind of curious to see what you know. Did you make breakfast the next day? I guess is really what I want. Wow, yeah, did a breakfast in the bed in the morning. So my blind date was what six foot five. Montreal, you know, French Canadian man, yeah, yeah, man, very who, tall man who makes out with a guy in the movie in a, in a commercial in the movie. There, there how were, did that happen? 
there were some. There's scenes. so many other girls. We girls we could have picked a movie for. <laughs> I got a six foot guy. There, so. there were some scenes six foot five that I I laughed out loud, very distinctly. But uh, so yeah, how did how did this come about? Because mine was I don't know mine yeah. had no particular purpose, but yours has a noble purpose. Well, so I think. I, if memory serves, I'm on Amazon and and um, just probably looking up, I don't know, maybe indie films or something, just doing some goofy search, and this book comes up. And so I click on it, and the book's called Don't Fuck Up Your No-Budget Movie by Ivan Perrick. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, what's this all about? Yeah. So I, I look up Ivan Perrick on IMDb. I see he has 25 actor credits, and back in 2014, he he did his only feature, which he wrote, produced, directed, edited, you know, everything. You know, heads no budget. And I said, that's, that's, I'm doing a blind date with this. We're doing this one. Just to celebrate. You saw this man. The ap- achievements. I, I bought the book. The book came in first. Started reading the book, and then in, in the meantime, I watched the movie. And it's a hard copy. Like if if you've slapped it a few times, like yes. So it, so it is not a paperback. The, the, it's it's not flimsy. Here, like it is hard. It's. <laughs> I I figure you know I got two beers in me already. I might as well keep going with the theme oh, because everybody oh, knows behave. what a lightweight. Look, I, it, yeah, telling them all. I am the lightest date in the world, especially Holy on a cow. blind date. Yeah, you know. <laughs> We we don't have any beverage sponsors at uh, present, or at least as of the taping. But um, oh yeah, you know, Michelob Baltra <laughs> is my current choice. If you're interested, how you keep that svelte figure, baby? <laughs> yeah. As Billy D. Williams was <laughs> doing that Michelob Ultra. Yeah, I need to get the mustache going then. <laughs> well, this um, is you, so. The, yeah, in a nutshell, that's if you, memory serves. That's how it came about. You are the guy. You are Captain Independent. I think this officially yeah. makes you like because you live it, you breathe it, you look at it on Amazon, you buy books about it. Yes. And from that comes attention for a film that I'll just, you know, skip to the end has like zero reviews. Um <laughs> so for the purposes of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, that made it rough on you. You can't um, like, you can't read your uh... So I'm coming at this with a little bit of anxiety. Because um, you know our our normal uh, dearth of of information, yeah. It, but it's different, and and I'm I'm cool with that because again, what you did is what we do, and you found a cool movie, and you said, "Hey, friend Ryan, you should watch this." Well, and I it, watched it, and now we're talking about it. Yeah, you know whether it was cool or not, I didn't know, but the fact that he did the movie. Back in 2014, and then wrote a book about it in 2020 during the pandemic. Yeah. And it's called, you know, Don't Fuck Up Your No Budget Movie. And we're about celebrating independent film. This is as celebratory as it gets for for the accomplishment of making a movie. So, bam, blind date, and we'll find out. There you go. And you'll find out along with us if we liked it, if we didn't, what we did like. We always celebrate the film. So. Absolutely. The, the accomplishment. This is so the name of it is Too Tall. I think we kept them hanging long enough on that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, uh, from 2014. 
It, it says it on the description. Hopefully, as you you clicked on it, and it, if it, if it is a mystery, I hope this is a nice payoff. <laughs> Too tall. <laughs> Should we have somebody insert like one of those whispery ladies saying it? You know, in that uh, BSDM or whatever. Oh, AS, ASMR. Is that is that? Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. I, I don't, we yeah. <laughs> we talk but, about stuff, you know, that stuff. Maybe we should have somebody do that. But it is called Too Tall, and the description of the film, uh, in 2014, so we, we jumped from last uh, last episode's uh, movie at 2013. Yeah. So we jumped forward <laughs> a year. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you'll find out it was filmed in 2011. Uh, it took him three years to edit it. The description <laughs> of the film, and this is uh, via IMDb, as we do. Uh, in the superficial world of show business, a struggling actor with a peculiar feature tries to balance his day job and his acting career. And career is kind of quoted. What do you think about mm. that? Peculiar feature uh-huh. leads you on a different path, but maybe they, that's what they wanted. So it's called Too Tall... You look at the cover. Yeah. And again, peculiar feature. I, I, did you at all think like, does he have like an, like an, an embarrassingly large dick? And that's the no, part of the... I probably watched the trailer and, you know, they directly tell you exactly that right. what the movie's about in the trailer because I usually do that. Um, so, so peculiar I, I, feature. I wasn't, no, I, I wasn't. And, and the, what the poster is pretty cool because he's like his head is cut off because he's so tall and yeah. he's out of the shot. Yeah, it is billed as a comedy. That is it, comedy. Yep. Would you say romance? Comedy. Uh, romance? There is some. There is some romantic comedy in it. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, it it maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Again, and anybody can email at us a little independent podcast at gmail dot com. Tell us how the uh, bit works on IMDb, where it's uh, it's it's uh, the genre are listed because maybe the director or writer doesn't you know wouldn't want romance or romance on there. Could, yeah, for a particular he, reason, he'd want it to be thought of more as the comedy, yeah, just comedy, not, or not a rom com, uh, yeah, and then yeah. get passed over. Yeah, because that's that's an interesting question. I mean, do you yeah. look at romantic comedies and straight comedies differently? Yes. I kind of do as well, yeah, but maybe we should. And, and us, you know, guys pass over rom coms, you know, because True. they're the same True. formula, and we, you know, it's a chick flick. So a lot of times we'll pass over that, but yeah, I mean, there's the romantic aspect, the happy ending kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely I mean, have that hard in there to, to have a movie that doesn't have some kind of. But this isn't you know, a rom com in the sense that there's it's just one girl, and you know they they have the meet cute and then they have the breakup and then they get back together. Yeah. So that, that is not this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Build is a comedy and it stars, uh, Ivan Perrick as van. Todd yeah. has already mentioned that, uh, he is on a date currently with Ivan. He's dating Ivan uh, no. <laughs> in this episode. Uh, he stars in the film. And so you'd never seen him again. You, you, heard of him first through this book and that was yep. it yeah and then i watched uh bikini girls on ice 2009 so there's a little you know drop of nectar for everyone out there that is a no budget slasher film uh i will say so 
Ivan and his co-star, uh, what's his name? Tarek. Tarek is in Bikini Girls on Ice together. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that was 2009. Know, if you're dying to know, it is about a women's college soccer team, and they're stranded on the way to a bikini car wash <laughs> fundraiser. You have that queued up on your laptop? And they decide to just set up shop in front of an abandoned gas station just to you know get yeah. it done. And the, the bus breaks down. You know, things happen. So, yeah, that's that's fascinating. I wonder if Tarek and Ivan uh, began their dating career, as it were, artistically yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then, well, for sure they were. And and Tarek did this movie um, for points. So Yeah. Uh, Van, again, Ivan Tarek is, uh, is Van in this. He has quite a, quite a few acting credits. Um, he's in a movie called I Suck at This, which looks to be some kind of high school vampire romantic comedy, which looks kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's good. Um, Redshift one uh, that looked kind of cool. It's like a mystery sci-fi. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, um, he has done stand-in work because he's best known for. The first thing, did you see what he's best known for? Um, it was one of the X Men Days X-Men. of Future Past. I was going to say it's a big movie, yeah, but he so, doesn't have like a speaking. This guy is tall, and he must be. He must have a connection to Alexander Skarsgård because he's a stand-in for Alexander Skarsgård in the Hummingbird Project and the and the Long Shot. So he's worked uh, with him twice. Okay, cool. And Skarsgård must be six four, six five, I guess. Yeah, and that's a pretty good gig. You know, you that's just stand there while they set man. up the lighting and, you know, do all Jesus. that, and you're, you're getting paid for it. Yeah. But Ivan and Tarek worked together before Bikini Girls on Ice. Oh, do tell. Oh, yes. And I believe it's both of their first films. A little film that came out in 1996 called The Quest, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, God. Which is to say, oh God, it is. It's blood sport. We all know. Everybody, come on with me. It is blood sport. It's the same premise, um, ridiculousness. But Roger Moore is in the quest. So that, Ivan Peric is is tangentially related to Roger Moore cinematically. That is, and standing next to him, Roger Moore probably came up to his navel. Um, exactly, which would have been really funny. So again, he was. Uh, he and Tarek were uh, extras in that. Uh, Ivan was an extra in 2008's Death Race, the remake with the one with Jason Statham. So, yeah, this guy he might have he might have met him. Yeah, all your heroes might have met him. So maybe you can get a T-shirt that says "What would Ivan do?" instead of "What would is it what How does it go? What would Jean Claude Van Damme? What are the What are the initials? Oh wow. Well, no. WW. Well, it, it's VDD because the uh, Vin Diesel's initials are VD. Well, the, really there's one for John Claude, too, isn't there? I'm sure there is. Oh, I you, don't, you don't even, you've completely dismissed them because <laughs> it's, it's all about the Diesel. I find Van Damme's decision making a little more questionable. <laughs> if Helen Mirren trusts in Vin Diesel, then. I well, I, I cannot argue with that because I she is she is a gem. Uh, yeah, email us to see uh, what happened with the uh, whole Vin Diesel. Look at us, Helen be, Mirren uh, explosion that happened. Gossip. Was that overseas? I want to say you said London, maybe. Yeah, or? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Todd's mind was exploded. Yeah, 
Well, I texted you about a Helen Mirren movie I just watched. Uh, I think it was the one where the painting was stolen from her family with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you, you, so your reply back to me was, hey, she's hanging out with Vin Diesel. And yeah, after the making out and you know. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and everything, yeah. Anyway, this movie also stars, as we've alluded to, Tarek Gator, or Gatter, I don't really know how to pronounce that, uh, as Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny has 11 movie credits to Ivan's 25. How about they met in film school? That's that's my guess. A lot of this does seem quite autobiographical, to be sure. Oh, yeah. You know, like the... Uh, it's based on stuff... On, you know, gigs the, they've gone on, the, like the acting class they take, you know, stuff yeah, like and, that. and the fish dogs, you know, one guy with a camera in a garage that, the, you know, the door slams down like it's in Silence of the Lambs. I have a lot of questions for you about that. <laughs> uh, Johnny uh, also uh, was in the quest, as we mentioned, and in Bikini Girls on Ice. And uh, his mom was uh, of Italian descent and a language professor. His dad was a Lebanese immigrant who moved to Montreal at 22 years old. And uh, uh, Tarek's oh. dad was a successful hairstylist. And uh, this guy's dad used to cut William Shatner's mom's hair. Yes, I did. They, that was in that? his bio, right? How about that? William Shatner. Isn't that something? So, you know, he, do you think Shatner maybe gave this guy a lift somehow, you know, got this guy... To where he's at. To never heard of him. Exploring worlds. Thank you, William Shatner, for nothing, because I've never heard of this guy. But he <laughs> plays Johnny. Uh, third build I have is Mariana Taylor, and uh, she yeah. plays Melissa. Have you? She's a little cutie. All righty. Well, <laughs> that's all we got. Because so she, yeah, I, I think we. She's can, got five credits, we'll, and we'll I think they're the all end. shorts. We'll cut to the end. <laughs> Uh, the people, most of the people, um, they don't have a lot of credits. Uh, Michelle Lafricane, I don't know yes. if that's the right way to pronounce that. Uh, she plays Jen, and Alexandre Lapointe plays James Bartel. Um, and this was written and directed, produced, I believe, starring. Yep, edited, co-edited, actually. So there is one more, um, Michaela. And the last name is D I. There definitely are more people in the movie. C E S A R E. She plays a role of an agent that uh, Johnny is going to see a, a rather busty agent with a low cut top, young young gal sitting behind the computer, and they make make a point to show that. But in her bio, what are other qualities about her? Uh, he didn't look up too much. He, she, yeah, eyes are up here. Eyes are up here. Oh yeah. So, so it was more she of a point is a, of view camera issue. Yeah. But what I, anyway, the interesting part about her is she doesn't have that many credits. So she has 14 film credits, but it turns out she's a playwright and a theater actor and has quite an extensive bio of theater work in Montreal, Toronto, I believe, area. And that was her major at University of uh, Toronto, drama. And... So it's kind of cool. I mean, that was probably part of the yeah. union casting or whatever that they got her in. But to see her her credits in the theaters, it's really extensive. Nice. So sometimes, you know, you, you just never know. You never know what you're getting when you talk to your agent. That is true. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these guys must have had or having a tough road. Um, 
this was filmed. The movie was filmed in Montreal and um, an hour and 25 minutes. So easy breezy. Um, yeah. It, you know, it, it felt longer than that. I will say, I don't know how. Um, and from uh, his website, Ivan Perrick, um, he holds a bachelor's degree in communications and a minor in theater from Concordia University in Montreal. Uh, and in 2015, he was voted in Cult MTL Magazine's yearly top 10 best actors and filmmakers. Good nice. job, buddy. Yeah. Um, so I do have a film festival that he was in from, from his book. So first off, I'll tell you, he, he applied to five Montreal film fests and was turned down by all of them. So and and he mistakenly, as he puts in his book, thought that because he was a local boy, he would have a, the best shot of getting into uh, a local festival. All five of them turned him down. So he rented his own two hundred seat theater, sold it out, and premiered his own damn movie. You go, Ivan. And then a festival that he did premiere in was Sanford International Film Festival, and uh, he said. That, you know, wasn't sold out, but he said it was one of the greatest moments of his life. Sanford, yeah, it's. I think it's Maine or somewhere. Nice. It's south. It's in the U.S., but south of. I looked it up, but I can't. I didn't put notes on it. Um, if it spawned off a smaller festival, could that be the Sanford and Sun? Film bum, bum, out. How's that? Was that? Yeah, no. That, uh, I'm embarrassed. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, to be honest, my music wasn't much better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll get some letters about that. <laughs> well, this was a movie that, knowing it was a pick and and where it came from, such a purely independent place, Blind you know, date. I, I had had not watched it, and you know, I tried to get into the spirit uh, that you did, in like jumping into Wings of Desire. Because I'm a weirdo and and would have chosen a movie like that just to maybe test you, but you're not a terrible person like me, so you <laughs> you you want to put joy out there and you want to make things things lovely. So I I had this open mind, and you know I will say the movie I have a lot of questions. The movie is pretty uneven. Did you think it was uh-huh. uneven? It. Now, it is super low budget. You know, it's shot on a Canon, you know, mini DV camera. So you've got that feel to it, right? You don't have a movie 35 millimeter, you know, look, it, it looks feel pretty to good. it. I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. It, it just, it, it felt like sometimes it was it trying to be really corny on purpose. You know what I mean? Because sometimes. I won't be in on the joke enough because yeah. I'm taking it too serious. Well, some some of the jokes did lay there. You because, know? I mean, they're like they blatantly rip off like one infamous comedy. Yes, in a scene from 1994. In a scene <laughs> that, despite that, made me laugh out loud. Yeah, which I think is an accomplishment because as soon as they went into it, I'm like, oh come on, yeah, everybody knows yeah, exactly yeah. what you're doing. But that's funny. That's but funny. playing off the fish dogs. I thought it was clever. Yeah. Well, um, this movie starts in the strangest way, and I don't, maybe so you you watched it on YouTube, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I rented it on Amazon, and it started oh, with see, a. See, I, I just have I just have to point that out, Ryan. So I haven't made money off of Ryan, and and I didn't 
pay shit for my blind date. Oh, um, so I, I apologize. I one hundred percent forgot. Well, maybe he gets maybe he gets money for me watching it on no, YouTube. Yeah, he gets you know views and, and yeah, something. Um, yeah. Okay, but it this movie starts with a Zoolander style commercial that confused the shit out of me. <laughs> James Bartel. Now here's why: because when when we do these really independent movies, we run the risk of, you know, finding the wrong one or, you know, it's not like a Jack Frost, Jack Frost scenario, well, but it could be. Yeah. And this is super high risk because I hadn't seen it. Right. And I said, we're doing this movie. But you texted me the cover and I kind of. Oh, yeah. The yeah. The cover yeah. of the film. And the cover of the so book. I'm, but I was even in my dumb Ryan brain. I'm like. I know it. I got it. You know, I'm putting in the code because I'm paying money for this. Okay. And I'm like, this is the one. Just this is the one. And it starts with a <laughs> commercial in in just a like uncomfortable close ups of facial hair and I wanted to be sick. And I'm going, shit. Was I it like for cologne it. or something? Yeah. Oh, you thought you had the wrong movie? Oh yeah. I was about to text you. Cause I even told you earlier that I was day. so confident I was right that I knew I was wrong. And Jess is probably asleep by this time. No, she she'd made it through this because of she course made it she through... wanted to be like, "What's this idiot done now?" All right, let's see what movie it should have been. I, I think she was just in it for the comedy at that point. <laughs> so, but it starts. What the hell did Todd pick? Now is that, is it, that it starts with a a cologne commercial? Yeah, and a dude walks away in a pair of boxers. And yeah, yeah. and that's it. And, and it's black and white. And again, I'm left in the wake, and I'm like, Todd, you did it again. You <laughs> oh, got me. You thought I this is a Montedoro scenario. <laughs> and then I started thinking, how are we going to work too tall into everything we've built already? So anyway, um, Jess is like, we'll text him because this is fucking bizarre. And it goes on for a long time. Then it goes to the production companies, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe that was a weird, like, Amazon thing. I didn't know what to make of it. Oh, because, you know, I, I got music sets the tone, you know, for for the, the light music for a comedy. You know, you just kind of know. I, I thought the but mu- did you know, you know that they picked that, the right good music for did that. Did you know the commercial was part of the movie? Yeah. Oh, man, I did Yeah, know. I hit play, and the movie started. Yeah. It was bizarre. And then it goes to the production companies. And then, okay. And then it goes to, you know, what, a 40-year-old kid in high school with a receding hairline. (laughs) And I'm like... You didn't buy into... Oh. (laughs) They didn't have enough makeup. like Howard Stern in private parts, I see. (laughs) Suspending disbelief. (laughs) And then I was in because it's clearly, you know, Ivan. Yeah. He says 10 years earlier. And so he's establishing a awkward high school thing right which again this movie just maybe messed with us for a while because he goes up to a girl (laughs) and he's he's talking to her about you know he's clearly sweet on her yeah and her rejection to him is pretty funny and then he pukes on her and i'm like ah this is gonna be a dream and he wakes up and but it wasn't. But no, that so he, and it's it, it jumped to ten very years later. Visceral puke. I mean, so it was the, green pea soup for sure. Well, I, I think. Well, it looked legit. So the art department and special effects or whomever I didn't didn't yeah. look that part 
I I laughed out loud when that happened. I it was totally unexpected, and, and then I hate to ruin it for people. I mean, but it really then hits it you. throws in a like you know one of the the professors or whatever is Master Bates. That was before he went like, to the girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he and that joke just kind of laid there. Yeah. Because he went, well, thank you, Master Bates. Yeah. And then this ten years later thing, and there's this drawer. And then they kind of. <laughs> we may this may be an edited episode. <laughs> we love to hear you cough, Ryan. We. I don't take know. a drink. I've got uh, you know some of the stuff that you know the kids went back to school and here we are. Oh, they bring home all kinds of goodies for you, don't yeah, they? They got colds almost immediately. <laughs> but there's this dramatic shift in tone. In the music and everything, and I'm yeah. like, oh, what is going on? <laughs> it said straight up comedy, but. You know, again, maybe this is a real fucked up movie, and Todd just just, just got us. Uh, what well, did you laugh out loud at the the puke scene? I didn't did, laugh out loud. That just I'm like that just threw me back. I was so surprised. I, I guess I was still stuck on the Master Bates thing, and I was just like, eh. well, that joke just laid there. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So then there's this like dramatic shift in tone. Then there's a completely different shift in tone. Which intros the movie, and it's kind of more of a narrative, and it's just him kind of complaining about being tall. Yeah. Yep, which is kind of, I think, in the trailer where they go through, how tall are you? They go through the different three different people saying, how tall are you? Yeah. And he says so he hears it every these day. Are the things that are annoying about being tall. and, and Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't super relatable for me right away. I was just like, oh, is this movie just going to be about being tall? Yeah, and it's the, a bummer to be a like a nice white tall Canadian. Yeah, well, the movie's called Too Tall. I know, but I bet that this shit's real. Like you know, as it relates to how how he feels. acting and yeah. how like specific and on, the only things you can do because you look a certain way yeah. or you don't look he, a certain way. Yeah, it is. It is based loosely on his real life and experiences. Um, you know, in the in the acting career. But right now, I don't away, know if he puked on a girl in high school or not. I don't know. <laughs> so he's, you know, and he he does a lot with a short amount of time trying, you know, he's in the fitting room and the jacket doesn't fit. And I get asked this question. And then yeah, it goes right into, you know, I think the scene that you liked when uh, he's trying to, I think, address everybody's question. Like, is your dick huge, man? Because that's got to be why he, there's the scene. About oh, yeah, him. yeah. He does. Oh, he, and he said dating's a problem, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and I, I thought that scene was hilarious. Shots of him. Because what does he say? He, I yeah, am proportional. I am proportional. And then they got this great camera angle where you just see, like, his the upper thigh on down. Yeah. And just down come the shorts. Just shy of taint. And, and, you know, he's in a in a bedroom, in my bedroom montage with three different girls, and, and the girls you know, shuddering in fear and running out of the room. Yeah, like so literally running out of the room. So, so here, here's, here's my take. If you're going to write your own movie, if you're going to write your own Rocky, right? Well, you're the man in it. You might as well be hung like a horse, right? Makes sense. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> uh, or is it funny if it's, they're, and, and they're then, saying, you know, that's too play, small. He plays the racial card right at the end with the, uh, with the black girl. And oh, the third girl is black, she, and then she's she doesn't run out of the room, and it's it's not she's probably used to. I, it. I, and I thought, okay, 
that could have been much cheesier or schlockier, but you know, you think that's was, what they were going for in that one? That's... Oh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, playing up stereotypes, right? Yeah. But and this is what this movie is about. A lot of it, I, I suppose, and and things that he faces. But <laughs> then it goes into something that I I thought was really clever, but I didn't know how clever at the time is him. What in what's clearly an acting gig? You don't know of what sort. And his partner in this scene has an epic meltdown, screaming at everybody. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know we don't know it now, but this is a final. Yeah, this is a this is an actual scene in the end. So the editing stuck yeah, that, that was one really in there. Cool. Yeah, because again, out of context, because he calls him what a giraffe. You yeah, know, this and that's the recurring giraffe. thing. Yeah, you know. yeah, and so he he's. Tying it up. But this is the thing about the, the, you know, inside, inside our stuff about Hollywood. And that's where I fault the movie a little bit in that it wasn't as, as, you know, as insider as I'd like. You know, I I love that part of the this when the indies, the uh, the audition stuff and the little bits of info that he's got and the things that you overhear of how just objectified you are. You know, because it, not that that actors need a reason to be more reasons to be loved, but I think you know, struggling actors, struggling comedians, you go through stuff that's hard, yeah, and and maybe even degrading and eviction notices, late bills, yeah, having to beg and borrow even money. Even Bartel has to audition. You know what I mean? Like this clearly fake, just. Yeah. What a fucking asshole, by the way. I'm going to get that out of so, the way. That the, actor did a tremendous good job. job. In this movie. You don't, you do not like this guy, so you got to give him credit. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, he's such a douchebag. Holy shit. <laughs> it's staggering. Staggering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> way to go, James. Well, James Bartell is his character name. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the stuff that in this movie I think is really, really cool is the insider stuff. And it, it really does make it, you know, yeah, make you understand the grind, and, and then and anyone can can order his book and get the you know the in depth insider stuff if you want. Just uh, and I know. love how this guy, and I'm sure this is a stereotype too, is just chronically late for work. Well, and also what got it. me is the manager is always standing at the door <laughs> as he comes running in. Yeah, I'm with like, the sign that says manager with his yeah, face with, right with you know his his own ego, yeah. you know, little picture behind him, and he's standing there with his hands on his hip. It must be four, five, six times that this happens, yeah. but every single time he is standing in the doorway. How how does that happen? Well, that that it's, doesn't. I think it, that's it's for comic. That's a little. That's small filmmaking too, because you look at the way they have to use the camera and use shots. You have to use just a corner of a room or a portion of this. Well, he could have shot all six of those scenes. Boom, 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 right back to back. But he used it for comedy. Yeah. You know, so he probably, you know, economized. Yeah. And had to be smart about what he was doing because it it looked like they were in a real mall at at a few points. Yeah. You know, if you're going to... Do the repeating scene to make it funnier and funnier how he's always late. I mean, you just shoot all those back to back and have them ready to go. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Look at us. Look at into the mind. <laughs> into I know. Ivan's going to write us. Of course, you guys, you, do. you guys don't even Can know you imagine, what the like, fuck well, we you're got talking one about. out of the way. Let's do the next one tomorrow. Yeah. We'll do yeah, the yeah, let's reset all up and yeah. redo the lighting. Let's waste and, everybody's know. time and the no money that we have. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. You know, he he's he's chronically late for work. 
He is meeting with agents. He's balancing all this stuff. Yeah, even even his agent does the whole. You're you know, Hollywood actors are five nine, five ten, and you're like way up there. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and those scenes were were I this, think funny. Yeah, this is his agent is a different agent than the one I just spoke of a little bit ago, than Michaela. And it, and it feels like you know, and he has this coworker Jen, who just seems to be the sweet coworker who's. Yeah. Again, and he, I don't know. He is he a likable character? I guess I can just ask you straight up. Ooh, he's self-centered. Um, doesn't think of others as much, but that his arc does um, correct that. I think towards kind the end, of. not completely. You know, but yeah, he's. So that's funny. So that doesn't make him very likable. Actors. I guess. Don't always come across as very likable, and I wonder if they care. Well, they want to be, they want to be. I think they all want to be. You know, they want the likes. I, I they get want it. The... And it's, is is that like artistic journey empathetic? Is is it easy to watch when you are toiling away at your own nine to five? Right. You know, and how are you supposed to, like the guy who lives two blocks away and he can't make it? Yeah. He has to go on his lunch break. Yeah, and he didn't even get a lunch break. You know, he, he had didn't to even do get this to audition. Eat. He didn't yeah. even get to eat. And you're like, motherfucker. You know, I. Oh man. You know, again, in doing what I do, you know, outside of this, yeah, that you know, kind of part of my brain is yeah. like, this well, is and, the worst employee ever. And we both go back to when we were, you know, musicians before. You know, before. Parenthood and and you know yeah you know the domestic life and and you kind of relate to that a little bit yeah of the stuff that's going on well, I mean it's the struggle is the glory I say it all the time and and I think in oh in I like that what what all the things that we're always doing and yeah. there's nobility in that I think that well then but, we are really glorified right <laughs> now in in this podcast struggling to episode thirty seven <laughs> grinding it out grind that's well, it is exactly what we're doing. With music, with movies and things like yeah. that. Well, but sometimes, t- you know, you got to sacrifice so much and you got to, you know, give so much to that thing that, you know, how do you make that character or somebody likable or, or empathetic? Yeah. Well, in all the the hundreds and thousands of hours of time you put into your craft, whether yeah. it's acting, whether it's playing an instrument or whatever, and then people only see, yeah, you know, those couple minutes and whether well, he, you're he on or moments. off that night. Yeah, you know, and that's you know you can be judged by that. So it's it's that that's tough. That's he has tough moments of likability, I think. When the the scene when he's when he's when he gets to work, yeah, the guy does a tremendous job. I mean, you just get him there. What, what about what? So we're getting into that scene probably where he's mimicking the French. Oh yeah, guy. Oh god, that was hilarious. It was, and he was so spot on with his with the intensity and in his imitation. They're both speaking French to each other about the phone or French accent. Yeah, you know about him turning in his phone, <laughs> and he he comes back, and Jen's like, and he's like, "Did I do an accent again?" He, she's like, like, "You know, that's borderline racist." It, yeah, and, and like it's an actor thing, you know, like yeah. he's he's taking from a customer's accent. Yeah, he's he's mimicking and he's it's, mirroring. It's rude. Him. But he was speaking fully in French, and that was funny. Oh yeah, yeah, and clearly, and I a lot of his his uh, on YouTube, his YouTube channel like has all his a lot of his trailers, 
And he's done quite a few French yeah. shorts, French commercials. So he speaks French just as well as he does English. Yeah, and again, that makes him likable, like that he's good at his job. And when he meets um, the love interest in the movie, Melissa, he says he doesn't work that much. You know what I mean? He's he's honest with her about, you know, he could take, yeah. like, oh, you're an actor. How interesting. Well, what when she said, what, what have you been in? What have I seen you yeah, in? And, and he's, then he's, he's like, he's, oh. I think typically... They start to, you know, stretch yeah. things, and I, you know, and, and he I didn't. walk by the set of one movie, the, that kind of, and he says literally, "Well, you know, if I worked more, maybe you had heard of me or something yeah. like that." Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't try to play off it, and then she asks him out, yeah, for a cup of coffee, which, ladies and gentlemen, will be coming on to a little independent fairly soon, since we have just hired a new marketing gal. Gal, listen to me. I got the old talk going. Folks and gals, you know, but that's my talk, folks. So, see, there it is. <laughs> I'm coming self-conscious like an actor. And uh, I don't know why I say, you know, that's just, You're just what I say. You're really getting into this episode. You're yeah. getting into oh, I'm, I'm in, to his headspace. I'm in it. Yeah. So, uh, buy me a coffee. Buy me a ketchup. Possibly buy me a sucker. Yeah. Go back to sucker gating episode three, but that's an that? exciting trajectory that we have coming. Well, we yes, we have a, a new person who is helping us with all the things that we that I mostly suck at. That, well, I that um, I don't do at all. So um, yes, and we're so thankful to people like that, and thankful to anybody who supports us and listens still to this day. Yes. It is very appreciated. Especially Brussels. Just want to mention Brussels. <laughs> Give them a shout out if they're still listening by episode 37. And if you're an actor, uh, you know, grinding away in Brussels and you know, <laughs> just like this guy, he gets the final notice stuff. I, I love, you know, you have to set up the, the typical tropes, right? He's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. He's in a lousy apartment. The, the picture behind him, which I'm glad was addressed. The picture behind him. The picture him. behind him. The frame had like no picture in it. It said like sixteen by ten frame. Oh and yeah, like, and he addresses it later, which I thought was actually pretty funny. His buddy addresses it, but I don't because I thought maybe it was a mistake. Like they just didn't see. They forgot so, to fill the frame. What What was that there for? Waiting for his famous maybe. movie yeah, poster, kind of like when he's made it. Could it? Be. Okay, but he addressed it. He's like, you know, I, I've got a you know a frame with no poster in it. Like yeah, you know, like what a loser. So yeah, that was my guess. Was that was there for um, his his success? Yeah, picture. And so you have this, and then we we are introduced, and I just I have more questions for you than anything because we we get to this other agent. Well, this is kind of your blind date who too. You talked about. Well, you know, you're you're book learned on this subject. Yeah, so. you're right. I do. I'm I'm sitting here with this book, the hard the hard yeah, the hard gotta, copy. You know, I didn't chance to find something, but so we're introduced to another agent, and again, I assume everything is kind of set up to show you how shitty this grind is. To be honest, yeah. But it's it's the agent, you know, that forgot to button her her, her blouse that day. Oh, Johnny's um, agent. Her, her defining characteristic. And who who is there's just another actor who is the Asian man in front of her that she's just just given no time of day to. And he's like, do you have anything for me? What Asian man? Did I see a different version of you than you? you so his agent. That he ends up paying twenty dollars to that she shoves in her bra. Yeah, that's not the lead actor. 
Wasn't that a totally different person? I didn't. All I saw was Johnny in that scene. I just wrote down who was the Asian man, and then Agent Cleavage, twenty dollars a month. Yeah, that's it. But I don't remember an Asian man in that scene. Huh? So, well, the- wow. <laughs> It's possible uh, that you and I watched the same scene and saw you saw the lead actor of the film. I, I saw I, a I, I, my eyes person. were diverted, Ryan. I I have to Holy blame shit. Michaela on that. Yeah, I don't well, remember. Thanks an Asian for giving me an out for potentially being one hundred percent crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, I didn't see it, uh, or I didn't put it in my notes. Let's let's put it that well, way. There you go, I, and that's a that's a classic so she, note. Who is the Asian man? Agent Cleavage, twenty dollars a month. And well, that's the same. That's one hundred percent the scene. Okay. So before Johnny sat down, there was an Asian guy sitting there, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I thought he was the one interacting with this woman. No, that's not my recollection. Okay. So well, this hey, is why I eyewitnesses are the worst us, for a crime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I understand because eyewitnesses don't agree, and their memories aren't the same. And tell us what we missed. We missed it. What I think is interesting is they're Johnny and Van are on this this journey. They're, they're do they ever establish where they are? Do they do they say they're in somewhere? In, I, I could. Well, never they're f- in Montreal. Do they actually say that? Or is this just I supposed don't... to be a town? You know what I mean? I, yeah. Because you assume Los Angeles. But you don't see any of the telltale signs, obviously. No, and so just a town where they're just trying yeah. To I make mean, it. we're coming up on the restaurant scene where they do their first date, and they do show the menu and the restaurant on yeah. there. But I don't think it says my. I, you know, it was filmed in Montreal. We know that. But from they, him. they say early on, Van says that that he and Johnny have a dream of being actors, no matter what, and so. Johnny is Johnny's. I think working a little. You know, he 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 hustles harder. I think he's yeah. more dedicated to the craft. Would you say? Right, but we find out he does not have the stressors that Van has this because he lives with mom and dad. Yeah, so Van's got bills to pay and late notices and probably eviction notices and. Um, you see them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Working, working at the. Uh, the, he's the cell, cell phone store. Yeah, he's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's Cause, some because Bartel comes in to. Yeah. Oh. And he plays and uh, just, credit it, card poker. Yeah, and Blondie is uh, clearly yeah, smitten with him. Hopelessly smitten, kitten. Oh. Smitten. That guy's the worst. I hate his and face. He's such a yeah. He's like just... he's such a good actor. I hated his fucking face. <laughs> I saw it like the 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 epitome of pretentious. Just, oh yeah. Just talentless the, actor. The arrogance is just oozing out of oh, his it's pores. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, very effective. But Johnny has a what what is appears to be a steady gig, and I just have to. We have to talk about this. We have to talk about fish dogs because Johnny. Yes. Ha, he and Van have alternate paths. They they seem to have different representation of whatever kind. They, they each have their own agent. In a way. Yeah. And Johnny. Goes into a small warehouse of some sort. Yeah. So the his agent, the yeah, you know, busty gal, I guess we'll call her because that's her thing. And the thing uh, is the agent. Um, we could try that. First. She was playing solitaire on the computer. Did you see that? Yeah. And uh, 
and he gives her the 20 bucks that he's supposed to pay every month because he hadn't paid up. And then she's like, well, there's an open casting. Uh, Just an open call. Uh, for a commercial. And he's like, all right, well, give me the address. I'm there. And it turns out to be a roll-up door to this gross, shady, scary, a handwritten taped sign on the yeah. roll-up door on the outside. And he's just like, what the fuck am I doing? So it appears to be a commercial for hot dogs. Well, uh, and again. Which are called fish dogs. We've talked about it on the podcast before. I share with Jason Manzukas uh, an aberrance for mouth sounds, eating sounds. Oh, yeah. I thought of movies. you. Yep. This one, I had a little like in the throat going. You no know what way. Like, worse than like, Skin of the Wolf. Worse than Skin of the Wolf because. Oh, well, that's a new high. Be- that, yeah. This is a big moment right now. Because the idea of what he was doing was more palpable to me. Yeah. Do you know? Well, it wasn't cooked and it was dripping wet. Yeah. There was like oh, this yeah, yeah. So drip water, water off the end of it. And then the sound effects of him chewing a. Yeah. An uncooked or a well a room uncooked temperature hot fish dog, dog dripping fish dog. dripping wet. Yeah. So you know it's just fish guts ground up to make it look like a hot so dog. So the guy filming these things is a large <laughs> Russian man. <laughs> is it uh, smoking and um in, in, in a, a like a white you know, in a white tank white, top white you know slightly stained with probably you know cheeses of various sorts or whatever yep. right. So my question to you, big old belly, is: Is this some sort of very specific Russian porn that he is videotaping? Oh, like, like a young ASMR? American man eating hot dogs? Because that's all he seems to be doing in these commercials. And well, this guy's just like, "Yes, good, yeah, he, or eat it, oh yeah." You are spot on with that accent. Not not your not your. I take. am not. He but was he yes she, that was beautiful right it take was credit a stereotypical I'm ashamed but he I was he was saying oh these are good so I think he was actually filming a commercial I you're avoiding the question I don't see was any he pornography a very specific do you recognize that that specific type of pornography could exist ooh if people buy feet and I understand they pictures of feet I understand they do by the droves. This is a then, bit of a leap. Then you're this making. could certainly be a niche leap to eat, you know, feet to yeah, wet well, hot dog eating. So here, here's how I liken it too. Then to answer your question, Olivia Munn, who we've mentioned on this show before, just yes, because we're fans, yes, and she has some famous gifs. If you just pick up your phone and Olivia Munn eating hot dogs, you will see her eating handfuls of hot dogs. And also one hanging from a string with her hands behind her back. So, yeah, I guess there is a uh, genre, uh, a niche market for that. Um, and it may have been created by Olivia Munn. I don't know. Maybe it started before her, but that's my answer. What do you think? I'm going to have to <laughs> <laughs> really give that the proper thought. You didn't know I was going to throw sir. that back at you like that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> you use niche and everything. <laughs> well, you know, and, for, uh, for, for, so that brings up a quote from his book that I have to just say. And he talks about, you know, because people, everything is now um, digital. 
And that film, shooting with film, 35 millimeter film or 16 millimeter, is now a niche yeah. market. And that just, you just have to sit and think about that for a second. Yeah. You know, because how many decades was everything shot on film? And now that's a niche market. Yeah. It's like what happened with record albums before they came back like they are now. Huh? Well, you have so many different options and so many different, you know, levels of responsibility. You know, bigger movies are probably told what they have to do. And then small movies. I mean, heck, if you got your iPhone, that's what you got. Yeah. I I can't get my head around you can film a a movie with your with your phone. Yeah. I'm you know, I'm less and less I, I was talking to somebody at work about about uh you know, what are the hallmarks of what makes a movie really bad for you and for him it was bad audio, bad sound quality. Yeah, he has like, a whole chapter on that. One, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And and I just to point out since you brought it up that sound is like the most important thing and never skip at it because many he's he has said many movies have good movies did not get distribution because the sound quality wasn't there and lesser movies get distribution because um, of the sound. I liken it to a podcast. We are fortunate to work at new Leonard media who has top notch equipment and we are, we have been complimented several times, um, you know, by the locals here and friends here that listen to the podcast and listen to a lot of podcasts that the the quality of the sound is definitely there. So that sure that is. makes you that We're makes lucky. you professional. Yes indeed. Wow. <clears throat> and back to the comedy. <laughs> You're up, Ryan. <laughs> me. Yeah. Well, when you when you give me goods like that, baby. <laughs> yeah. What am I I'll working on? Roll off those of? dice. I got nothing. Well well, we mentioned the love <laughs> interest and, and this is, you know, a part of it that hmm. um you know, he, he meets Melissa and she, you know, comes into the store, you know, understandably very beautiful girl hits on, you know, a struggling actor and uh, says, you know, uh, what are you doing like right now? And uh, he says, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, maybe. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> this guy who clearly yeah. doesn't care about this job. He should he should have <laughs> dropped everything. Yeah. And walked wherever she asked him to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it, he puts her off to tomorrow. They uh she asked him out for a cup of coffee, but they actually went on a dinner date. That's a good point. Yeah, I thought that was funny. That is funny. Yeah. yeah. And then so <laughs> the restaurant that he they filmed that scene in and then there's an additional scene a little bit later on. Yeah. He got for free um because he a friend of his or so, something like that knew the owner. So all he had to do was, and you'll see that the menu at the table is front and center yeah. facing the camera. So all he had to do was do that prop there, and nice. um, he was able to shoot there for free. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That is awesome. Well, I like, you know, they, they set up a um, uh, some inherent conflict in here because, so how old is he? He says he's 26. Six, and she says she's 24. And she later lives on. at home. Like under the iron rule of her father, yeah, which, which she calls Papa, which is always yes, Papa. Concerning, isn't that just a little creepy? Yeah, when it's it, used that way, you think way, that was stereotypical like, oh, of a, you know, I I, I don't I, I don't know, but 
you know, the, the conflict is kind of interesting. But again, you're like, wow, this is a girl who's training to be a pharmacist. Yeah. She wanted to be a musician. So there's a little <clears throat> bit of that, you know. Yeah. And the dad's I super see... old school. When do you get married? When do you have children? Yeah. But she still lives at home. So, yeah. like, when so, are you getting married and moving your husband into your childhood bedroom? Well, that she would move in is with that the, the husband. Oh, yeah. So when are you getting the fuck out? Is, right. yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. When are you going to fulfill your destiny? As but a... I love when she does. I, I didn't realize this. She picks him up at at the mall at his store for their coffee date slash dinner. Yeah. She looks at him and goes, you're going to change clothes, right? Or whatever. Yeah. It's like, uh-oh. Thought I'd stop by my place and change a shirt because she, you know, and then I thought they were going to set up some. It, 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 the romance part of it, it, it isn't really a huge, I, you know, I don't know. I wasn't really attached to it much. Yeah, it seemed to be used to kind of move things along, generate one, you know, homage we can call it moment. You yeah, know? and and I mean they it it was it was good, it was adequate, but they didn't have like firework chemistry between the two of them maybe yeah you think, you think that well and they're meant to be you know the one thing that i thought was really funny was how anytime they greeted each other they didn't know how to hug yeah or kiss on the well cheek. and the like size different my god time. she's you know he's six five and she's uh, five four so, maybe so there there is this you know i i want you to get married and the dad yeah they tee up that the dad's got somebody in mind who it turns out that's the case, but she tells her dad, "I've got a boyfriend." Yeah, it, who immediately fires back. Well, I want you to bring this boy over. Now you bring this, him over this, for dinner tomorrow. This dad, that actor, is he what ten years older than her? Maybe you think he's thirty <laughs> four. They seem pretty no, close. At no, age. It, I I thought it was legit. Yeah, you I, thought I, he was for too a second, young. I was like, "Oh, she's calling him Papa." Maybe this is a oh, this is another porn. This is an thing. Naughty situation. Yeah, you're stuck no. in the porn. Were you? I don't uh, know. What was going on? What were you watching before this? I did, and we talked about this scene. I I did <laughs> right when when Bartell comes in to watch or to get his that new phone or whatever. Yeah, and he pulls out all his credit cards, and he's like, "Might as well go for the gold." I just wrote, "This guy's bullshit." I hate his face. <laughs> You, I man, so that that's a credit to him, you know. Yeah, Alexander, just, I can't remember Lapointe, uh, maybe. Yeah, what a what a, oh, what a fucking <laughs> he thing. got under your skin. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he absolutely did. So we've got you know he's got a girl, and Johnny's hustling. He's doing his thing. But I think what's kind of neat is Johnny says, let's go to an acting class. Let's, like, stay, keep our chops fresh. Let's do a workshop. And, yeah, workshop. That's the the word I was looking for. Yeah. Which, I'm again, that's that more industry stuff that I'm fascinated by. Yeah. Because, you know, listening to it on another podcast in the world of stand-up comedy, it, it's those little things, you know, like, you know, you know doing, you know, three or four sets a night. Yeah, staying and, fresh. Yeah, doing, and you keeping, know, doing keeping gigs. going. Yeah, yeah, you... you it makes a big difference because, well, like in back to a few years back when I was uh, doing some gigs up here, and um, when I say up here, I'm from Detroit originally, and Traverse City is five hours, four and a half hours north of Detroit. Um, one particular summer, I was working all the time and doing a lot of gigs and had a house gig at a particular bar where we were playing every week, and 
um, it made a huge difference. I mean, my, my I was getting tons of bass solos, and we were play, you know playing some really cool stuff. And um, you know, by doing it every week and, and doing that amount of gigs, I mean, I found myself playing you know some of the best I'd ever played. How tight were your pants? <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on now. How tight were my pants? Yeah. I hadn't put I hadn't put much I I didn't have my pre COVID baby so they were probably fitting pretty good you know you know you accentuate I am proportional that's what I'll say oh oh hello you heard it here hashtag hashtag size eleven shoes hashtag oh this man is available (laughs) everybody. No, All I'm, I'm actually what, two and a half beers down, a so you know, I, you never know what I'm going to say at gmail.com, and we we will respond. <laughs> we do. We this is this is all we do. We we so <laughs> it's, this is all we do. <laughs> it's the workshop that I'm really really attuned into because the teacher of this workshop. Is oh, Dante! Else. Oh, my I God. love. So let me just say, Dante, the teacher of the workshop, who you're talking about. If you go on Ivan's IvanParrick.com, this is the guy that re- he's listed as representation. So I guess this guy is his agent. And for me, acting or character-wise, this guy kind of steals the show. I mean, his character is just hilarious and so over the top at yeah. this workshop. I, mean, I was laughing the whole time. There, and, and poor Johnny takes the brunt of everything that's going on oh, in this workshop. God. Oh my god! But this guy is wearing now jean shorts are. I don't know. I don't want to court any controversy. Okay, but I just wear jean shorts, and you know that. So I know you're going to I, I know. give me hell for Listen, it, because that's the only shorts I got. As an artist, I have to push boundaries, right? So I'm going to push some right now. I know territory I'm treading, but jean shorts. Yeah, I think they can be too tight, right? Maybe to the point where oh. hey. I I feel like I'm uncomfortable for you. That probably hurts. Or <laughs> I think maybe they can be a little too long, you know. But you think it's a a, a form of advertisement. But, but in somewhere in the middle is fine. The way this teacher's jean shorts were was the most uncomfortable I can imagine. Yeah. Because they're not too tight. They they're not too big. They're just in the in the middle, and no one. He's probably got no underwear on under there. You are just moments from balls at any time. And and then the scene that you know comes up in this oh, towards God. the end, where another he's, scene that I almost threw up in. I almost threw up. He, he's he's dry hump or humping this humping poor Johnny through the through his clothes. Oh my God, that was so funny. Oh, it was, and and it built up to that because Johnny's just. Get beat up through this whole workshop. Yeah, it, th- and he is... plays it so well. Johnny does. He he, uh, his reactions are the are scene where I almost threw up was they're doing these mouth exercises. Yeah, yeah, and and it's so ridiculous. But well, how again, about the homeless guy? It, yeah, there there is literally a homeless man, an old man who falls asleep in an acting scene <laughs> with our lead. Yeah, who is terrible? Right? Is yeah. he not terrible? Yeah. So our lead's a, I mean, he's a bad actor, right? He in that scene, You're the bullshit. way, yeah, the way he's dry, he's reading that is pretty darn dry. Yeah. So you know, so that this is kind of what we're teeing up. Anyway, so my clip is is from this 
acting scene and one of the most perplexing scenes in this movie. And I'm including it okay. because it's really the best representation of how goofy and why this movie made me laugh. So it's live at the workshop. So this is in the workshop. And there's another actor who we don't know. This is just another actor um, apparently doing a line reading. And this is what I'm fascinated by because I think this shit really happens. It, and I do too. And it is based loosely on his experiences. Um, so this is our Dante and uh, the we have one of the people doing a line reading. Now, I want you to feed. Uh, no problem. I don't know what to tell you this, but feel it. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening to me. I didn't think for... I don't believe you. <laughs> One day, I don't know when, but I promise you, I know I'm getting off. Feel it. So I forgot about I know the little baby. That was probably hard because our production value is, is zero. Uh, that our our fault, not uh, not New Leonard Media, of course. But um, the, like cry like a little baby like that you are. are. And he's he's this guy is clearly reading a line, and he then he just says, "I have AIDS, you motherfucker." Yeah. So was that the line that he was working up to? That was the end of it. Yeah, I mean, because he said a few lines before that, but he kept interrupting. So, but he, him. he's this like kind of, you know, Italian stereotype up there again yeah. with the white tank top and and you know clearly trying to get into character. But I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and then so the other scene that we were talking about where he starts having them do mouth exercises, which I liken back to uh, what was the one with. Uh, they were the movie you picked, uh, where they were doing the mouth yeah, exercises. In a world, in a world, yeah. and and who was doing that? Eva, Lake Bell, Lake Bell. But the uh, the one yeah, she was having to do the mouth exercises. Eva Lagoria. Eva yeah. Lagoria. So yeah. that's what came to mind for me. And then poor Johnny, he's next to the. He's working. His partner is this attractive girl, and she's having to do all these oral exercises. Well, they're all doing them. Yeah. They're all doing them, but but poor Johnny got a little too excited over it and had to sit down. And then Dante comes up and says, "Oh, somebody's happy to see Dante." Well, you know, he he has to fake a cramp. Oh yeah, Johnny, yeah. Like I oh I have a cramp, and because he's got a hard on Johnny's feet. <laughs> oh, so gross. Well, That's, the camera angle too, right? Yeah, it's that was so <laughs> gross. And then he notices the the chub, the Johnny chub, and. It, it's it's just it's such all of it's so awkward and, and again hashtag I, Johnny Chubb I've never done anything like that but maybe you know wait, I, wait what well an <laughs> actor's workshop like that so I don't know like is he wrapping up all the awkwardness into that one thing yeah I, I went to a different place on that 
when you said you had oh i would have told you yeah yeah i would have drawn, would... drawn it you know like a charcoal rendering or something oh like a stick figure yeah absolutely and you know i love that you have johnny continuing and and van just you know he's getting pressure from his girl and she finally says like do you want to do this or your hobby and she's not you know super into what he's doing and he decides he's going to quit acting and my question to you is who does he quit to who does he quit acting to yeah well you just stop going to your agent <laughs> yeah right that, is that what you mean that can't feel satisfying I don't know what Johnny does well, later. Must feel I think him taking but... the the corporate job was the act of him. Yeah, you know the official yeah. act Maybe of him that's quitting. A bummer. There, there's somebody was who this... does a stand up bit about yeah. like this is a real bummer because if I want to quit, there's nobody to quit to. Oh, it's oh, Nate Fergazzi. Okay. Nate Fergazzi. <laughs> he I... has a bit about that. Like if I want to quit this job, there's no one to quit to, and it's yeah, a bummer. Yeah, I quit being a comedy co- or a comedian. Yeah, comedian. you just have to say it, and yeah, and and. That's what happened. So I just kind of found it funny. Like I quit acting. That's still that ego. Like I quit acting. Just saying it. Like motherfucker, you didn't quit. Nothing. You just you failed, and yeah. you just stopped trying. <laughs> you just stop. <laughs> you stopped trying. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, yeah. was that after the the dinner or before the dinner? No, th- that's that's before the dinner. Okay. So good. you know, uh, Johnny has decided to, or not Johnny. Um. um Van decides to, you know, take a, a corporate job. Yeah. And that's when he and Johnny have that conversation um, about how their lifestyles are different. Oh, yeah. You I know? got it right here. I quit acting, Johnny. I'm 26, paycheck to paycheck. Johnny, your dream. What about your dream? Yeah. And, you know, like, okay, Johnny's mom and dad have been helping him the whole way. He comes from a different life situation. And then I noted that at the end of that scene, uh, Johnny says, I've got to go to practice. So he must mean that workshop. Maybe he's still getting, yeah. you know, like dry humped by Dante on the yeah. nightly. Yeah. I w- but yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, almost worth it for the entire movie, that, that workshop scene for sure. And I love that, you know, in the next scene, uh, in direct contrast to that, to underline Van's situation, he's eating a huge plate of fish dogs for breakfast yeah, and it. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, you know, a oh, starving artist, literally. Yeah, and, you know, and both of food. them are like, mm, this is good. Yeah, you know, they actually, you know, the fake flavoring yeah. that they put in them apparently is good. And I really liked her phone call when she calls him to be like, "What are you doing? You're coming to my house for dinner." Oh yeah, it, it was kind of you know kind of close to Favreau and Swingers, you know, like because she had to call back like. Sorry, I'm so stressed out. Well, my dad's got me stressed out. I thought I gotta I, go. That was super charming. Yeah, and and it was funny. So you tee up this some kind of clash, whatever. He's got to prove himself or whatever. Um, and he goes to the house, and it's this is the most fucking awkward family I've ever seen. The, the mother, <laughs> the, what the fuck is happening in this house? Is there a monoxide leak or something? <laughs> Like, what the fuck is happening? That mom is on Thorazine or something. She when can are barely you mar- speak. Yeah. The, unless I He mean, brought her flowers. Unless I'm being insensitive and she, like, English is a distant, maybe second language or something. Yeah, because they, they are, what, Middle, was like middle Eastern, maybe? Like, she does ask him maybe about his career or what he does. Yeah. They're sitting on the couch alone because Melissa leaves him. 
And then, boom, she just blurts it out. When are you marrying my daughter? And then he spits his tea out all over the whole yeah. room and has to clean it all and up. And I loved, if you look real close on the table, the the like the votive candles, they're like glade-scented. And just like, you know, from aisle eight, admire. <laughs> just glade candles. Yeah. Just glade. The, the like big glade Amazon right there. Amazon special, 10 yeah, for so a dollar. glade got a little free plug oh. uh, in this movie. Oh, See, only you know. How do you do that? Well, you, I also you have always, a question for you. You always look at the little... You know, so they get production. They get to the dinner table, yeah, which it, it's a modest home, and uh, and there is a, I think, a comedic moment between between Van and the dad in the in the entryway. Oh yeah, but they get to the to the dinner table, and right next to Van is a plate, like a serving dish of green onions. Hmm. And I, I again, I don't know if that maybe is a cultural thing for whatever meal. I don't know if they get into the meal. But it's like, you know, Van's sitting here, the younger brother who's a kind of brooding, I don't know, what, what did he say? Yeah, 17, he's Americanized, and then they're, they're old school yeah. parents from the old country, I will say. And, you know, that's the stereotypical part of that. He really just wants to get out of there as soon as he can. And yeah. then besides laughing at Van's uncomfortableness. And so... I think even before getting to the dinner table, his stomach starts rumbling, and there's the uh oh. Yeah, and right know, then you're like, okay, back. here we go, 1994. I'll just say it out loud, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the yeah. famous Dumb and Dumber scene that made me cry in the theater. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, and um, I'm gonna just say it. I thought the scene was funny. Yeah, <laughs> even though it's. Almost a duplicate. I mean, the legs go up in the air. But but the thing is, is that there's the element that makes this different and relatable is he says, like, he can't hold it in any longer. And now I don't understand why anybody in the scene even waits to critical mass like this. Yeah. Like, if you got to take a shit, I've, you've been there, I've been there, we've all <laughs> been there. Like, taking a shit sucks. When you're in somebody else's house, it's even worse. Yeah. But he has to go, I need to go to the bathroom as far away as humanly possible. Right. Like, oh, the one upstairs is broken. You got to use the one literally three feet from us. Right out, right behind him off the dining room. Now, a lot of uh, of folks know who listen to us um, that I listen or I watch these movies with subtitles on. And uh, this was a particularly fun a uh, bit of cinema to watch with the subtitles on because Johnny, oh, you, 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 Johnny, didn't, you yeah. didn't have the sound effects going with oh. it. No, I had sound going, but subtitles as well. But they can. So how loud? I mean, because at the same time, Jess was sleeping. So you oh, probably no, had it turned down. No, no. It was she just volume. goes right out. Yeah. She, oh my God. It's amazing. Yeah. I wish so, I could sleep like that. So, um, so you can have some comedy like, oh shit, he's going to go destroy this bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Right here, and he does, and and all that stuff happens, but they keep cutting <laughs> to the family, not saying a fucking word, and and they even all physically react. Yeah, every time there's some violent movement. So, in the subtitles, what you see is classical violin music, violent diarrhea, <laughs> like literally written out, violent diarrhea. Oh my god! Or like pl- light, playful music, loud farting. That's what it literally said on the screen. Oh, wow. So. One of the things in his book is um, Ivan Perrick, uh, his his book, is about um, what we just say, uh, the subtitles. 
that all to get distribution, your movie has to have subtitles. But then you got to decide how many different languages, you know, how many different countries you want to try to distribute in. But, and this is something I never even thought of or knew about, was thinking about the subtitles. But it isn't terribly expensive. I want to say he paid, I think he said $10 per minute, so 85 minutes. You know, it was like $85 to have one subtitles done in English. But if you want it done in French, you know, he's from Montreal. If you want it done in, you know, whatever language you're going to distribute to, you know, that's just more and more fees that act up, uh, add up. Yeah. But I found that very interesting how, you know, it wasn't that much to have subtitles done. Yeah. And you do it right online. You set on their film, they, they do their thing. And I always wonder how they, how they were done. If they were just done literally by people translating it. Yeah. you, 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 yeah. People advertise online that do it. So. Well, Johnny, I cannot stop calling Van, Van Johnny. Johnny. I don't know. It's a thing. It's a thing. Van Johnny, Johnny Van. <laughs> this is terrible. Well, you know, Van survives the the night. Obviously, there's the smells that go along with what he did in the bathroom. And I love how the dad is so upset by it, he leaves the whole goddamn dinner table. Yeah, he just gets up and walks away. And then everyone else's reaction, like, they're they're all stiff. They're they're just like, okay, what do we do now? Look what you did. Father has left the table (laughs) because of your shits, your violent (laughs) diarrhea. And your smell. And all because of those damn fish dogs dogs. that the agent set Johnny on. (laughs) And I, I, you know, now we have, you know, his kind of artistic ennui and he's, just sad and and the Amlo montage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what prompts him? I I can't remember because we have this kind of final thrust in the movie where you know he self destructs. You know the artist can't be caged. Oh, the bar oh, scene. He, yeah, he wants to go out. Oh, he want. He, yeah, they just want to go out. He wants to yeah. celebrate something, right? He, he because he he gets an audition for a big gig, and that's another insider thing where he thinks he does well. And he leaves the audition, and he yeah. hears them saying, "Like, and, and, we should pass on. He's just too tall. He's just too tall." Yeah, and they did, and he did do well. I mean, they said it, you yeah. know, good audition. But he's just too and tall. then yeah, he hangs around and so hears remembering all this stuff. But yeah, I and they're like, do we, "What do we do?" And they said, "Cut him." Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's given up acting, and he, he just says, "Hey, we should go out because maybe things have been stale." And she's tired. She doesn't want to go out. Maybe he's going to meet him. It, it's the whole parent thing. She, you know, having oh, to yeah. sneak out because he, he's going yeah. out so late no, and right. he's going that's to right. a nightclub. As a, she just, she thought he was asking her out to dinner. Yeah, because yeah. And so she was all like, "Oh, cool, we're gonna we're gonna go out a date like, again." Aren't you too old for clubs? And he's like, "Doesn't your does your dad control you like a little baby? You, you live you live at home where your parents completely yeah. control you, and you're 24." So he's like, he really laid it on her. This is where the movie confused me. <laughs> and delighted me at the same time because he makes the creepiest dance faces I've ever seen. It was hard to watch. So, so the bar was free, for, you know, friend, friend of the family. Was it? What? I, he didn't. He, he didn't pay to use that bar. Drinks. It was oh. a real bar. Oh, the the yeah oh, yeah. The so movie. so like Sorry. so like on That's our right. previous episode where you talked about how little you charge the oh, filmmaker yeah. Yeah. to be at Blackstone. Yeah. Um, he did get the bar for free, uh, because you know, friend of the family or what have you, and uh, nice. they allowed him to go shoot there. But again, I like it too. If you're making your own film, and you're the star of your own film, 
the bar scene is just him surrounded by all beautiful young girls. Yeah. Young women. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was one, I counted one guy on the dance floor. Well, he does. And they're all fixated on him. He does a a come here move, oh, you know, yeah. like like from an 80s music video. With, where with, it's like the not like hard not up like come on over yeah, here uh, onto the floor and I don't think she got a credit even though he's she didn't have a line oh, but he's man. directing his creepy dance faces I just I couldn't I looked away many times <laughs> and I think meant for comedy but well done because you 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 created a reaction in me that was mostly repellent but holy cow well how about you know three times you like does the signal and demands her to come over yeah. from across the dance floor, this, um, you know, good looking brunette. And she just kind of shrugs him off. And then after the fourth time, she like actually yeah. comes over and really dance with him. There. He really hangs in there. Cut to Melissa showing up at the bar. Nope. She's there. And what Besides. a line she says to him. After seeing you go from ass to ass <laughs> out on the dance floor, I don't think I even know you any or who you are or whatever. Yeah, and he was yeah, he was he was definitely grinding on some ass. He was going ass to ass. It was well, that's what he wrote in the script. So yeah. Yeah. He, he got to surround oh, so guess how much each of those extras on the dance floor got paid? Uh it's in his book. A couple of warm fish dogs. Ooh, warm. So they got heated in the yeah, microwave? Yeah, I think they were microwave fish dogs, yeah. Okay, so get rid of the dripping water yeah. and a little bit of crunch. Yep. So uh, So the dance floor was filled with, wouldn't you say, maybe 20 girls, roughly? I'd say so. I guess something like that. Yeah. Um, and then all the scenes at the bar. So all those people, however many there were, um, got paid $40 each. Nice. As a extra in the movie Too Tall. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> Doing it for the art, baby. Doing yep. it for the art. Yep. And so they they break up, and um, because you know, obviously, this is that can't go on. Yeah. She, she and he, you know, cries <laughs> innocent a little bit, but um, I. So well, at this point, well, she's completely in the right in this in that scene. Yeah. So at this point, I was just kind of wondering where the movie was going, and did, yeah, did you? wonder where that scene from the beginning came from at this point because i didn't the james bartell cologne commercial no no no. the the scene of him you know getting yelled at by bartell oh no i it's interesting it just just slipped out of my mind yeah yeah, because it was in a montage maybe you might be thinking wouldn't you I, i just thinking about it now why wasn't i thinking about that scene like what the hell yeah. Was happening with How that. did those two meet? How did they get together? Yeah. yeah. Good point. So I love how you know, he he's trying to kind of get things repaired. And I think this is a Canadian thing and I think maybe Seth yeah. Rogen talked about this, but milk in a bag? What? He's he's pouring milk out of in like it's in a in a, it's in a plastic jug <laughs> but it's in a bag. No. Is that a thing? I I didn't catch that. I've only been in Toronto once, but I think okay, I I don't, you know, Milk in a bag. Yeah. That, that, there's, I think that's a hashtag. And I love how, do you think he's going to Melissa's house to, what do you, I mean, do you think he's trying to get back with her or what do you think he's doing? Well, let me see. I got the, dep- I got depression, my Oh, that Melissa engaged. So he goes over there to 
probably to apologize, you know, and, and see if there's anything to repair in this relationship. Yeah. That's so, what, kinda, that's what I would think. That's what I took. Do you it. think it's meant for comedy that she's engaged? Cause this doesn't seem like a lot of time passed. So I, right. I was kind of like, Oh, that's pretty funny. Well, Papa, Papa took over to a guy who's 55 years old no, he and, and he wasn't that old. He's obnoxious and it's hilarious. Because, yeah, he is obnoxious he, at I the think dinner even table. The family is just like, oh boy, what have we done? Yeah. Well, dad's all happy, you know, yeah. you're, you're perfect for each other. And God, then, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're getting an October wedding, which is like, what, a month away yeah, or something yeah. like that? So I think that's probably a play for comedy. <laughs> but he you know I, and i'm thinking now this is when jen kind of pops back into his life and tells him about an audition and i'm thinking man like she just came to check on him yeah and i'm thinking oh well this is probably where the real love connection is going to be but well, he probably yeah. doesn't uh, it deserve her either well he she's at this point she's gen- she's gently playing up to him throughout the whole movie and and again, it's not it's, not in an aggressive way. It's but well like, done because she I wanted flies to see so how you were the doing until yeah. then, and then you're like, ah, yeah, there it is. But he doesn't pick up on her. He he basically ignores her, you know. And like when he, she's there when he's going with Melissa on the date, you know. And he's like, oh, we'll have a good. She she is like, we'll have a good time tonight. But she she actually delivered that line really well, and you could tell she's like. You know, it's kind of killing her inside that it, it should be her kind of thing. Yeah, that is pretty sweet, I think. But he he ends up, and this is where it gets a little fuzzy for me. He ends up, you know, maybe trying to repair the Johnny thing. So he he yeah busts up, up one of Johnny's monologues. Is he auditioning for something? I think he was just rehearsing. Okay, and then out of the darkness, yeah, one guy, a single, yeah, a single clappy clap. comes walking out. So he was watching Johnny rehearse, and yeah. you know. So how did they get a shot at the cop show? Uh, uh your girl, um, the blonde, she told she, him about oh, the so audition. There's an audition. It was like an. She said, audition. "I thought of you. Here's an audition yeah. for a big movie. I think you'd be awesome in it." So, so the two that, of them, she does yeah. it all. Yeah, she she's she's the. You know, and it wraps hero. up with you know the 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 freak out from the beginning, yeah. You know, cut to them. He's doing his one scene, and I like the you know the behind the scenes stuff, and yeah, you know, addressing him as Mister Bartell, and and oh well, you know, even he's a featured actor that day, right? He's got a line, so he still gets a you know yeah. your van, and he's on the list. Yeah, Co- wasn't it a cop show? Yeah, cop is that show what it was called? What it was called. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Fucking called cop show, that and and the guy who played the director, I thought was amazing. Yeah, he I was mean, great. he just oozed. Yeah, authority. Yeah, and directing a TV show. Yeah, it's probably like that. I mean, for all I know, he is one, but uh, he yeah. he just stuck out to me. Like I'm like, okay, this guy feels like the real deal. Yeah, in the way the freak out is, you know, like he he yells at the boom mic guy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're all you unprofessional. Think? Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, can you, can you give me Clint Eastwood? I yeah, thought yeah. that I thought that was takes, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's and then and then he's getting into his Clint Eastwood, James Bartel is, and then the mic drops down right in front of his face, and he's like, "What the fuck, you piece of shit! I can't work with amateurs." Just like lower his eyes a little bit, like he clearly just sucks. <laughs> so he does the freak out, and we see the aftermath of the freak out in that, you know, in, in maybe a fantastical way, 
we find uh, that uh, Van gets a shot at the lead when the director says, hey, can you do a yeah. smoldering Clint Eastwood? He's like, yeah, I can do Clint. But yeah. what I really loved about that part was right after that, he goes to freshen up, you know, and the girl's chasing him with the little makeup brush, which was hilarious yeah. as he's walking. Time is money. And she can't reach it. You know, she could barely reach his face. You know, it's pretty funny. Johnny's there. And Johnny corner gets with him in the corner and says, you know, just gets right, right up to him. And he's like, um, uh, no, not creative. But he tells him, um, Van, this is your moment. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. So again, you know, Johnny's the one who's been hustling. He's been uh, he's been there since the beginning. Though he had that leg up with uh, help with rent and gas and utilities. But um, yeah, Van wins in the end, man. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look for that quote, but I thought I had it in here. But anyway, in paraphrasing it, it's so, I mean, it's his what? good buddy, you, like you saying, paraphrase, buddy, go. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> It doesn't have to. Van, nobody's going to hold us to it. I don't think. Van, this is your Sorry. moment. Go show them who Van, exactly last name is. Van so, last name is. Yeah, I, I really I struggled clearly remembering his name the whole podcast. Perry, Van Perry. What do you think? Am I, I right? Think so. Am I wrong? I don't think he was credited with a last name. Uh, I thought I wrote it in there, but anyway, I I just I love that moment because he's. You know he's completely supporting him, and and he's you know yeah. earlier in the movie how he said you're you're the one that got me into acting, and said never give up. Yep. And the whole thing is about this feel good um, success the line, ending. The line he has to say, and, and and that's what I think is great. Before Bartel freaks out, is he's delivering his line quite well. Yeah. And it's about an eighty four year old one legged albino grandmother. And it's funny. I mean, it's it's really funny. All three times he says it. Yeah, yeah. and it, he does a good job with it. And then, you know, cut to him doing the scene, and he's the lead. Yeah. And somebody else, you know, who has to deliver the albino grandmother. So, so I ask you, Ryan, as a movie aficionado that you are. I just love her. I'm a lover. You are, you, you. Oh, yeah. Give yourself credit. <laughs> you you have quite a background what with, have? with this stuff. So I'm nervous. Here it is. Okay. How was this Clint Eastwood? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Without <laughs> hesitation. Yeah. And I think that was on purpose. I mean, like. I hope so. Bartels. <laughs> Sorry, <was> Ivan. <laughs> fucking dump truck full of loaded diapers. I mean, that was god awful. But Well, there's there's Dirty Harry Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah, right. There's oh, the yes. man with There's no name, Clint Eastwood. Yep. Absolutely, but uh, clearly he's talking just, dirty. Just Harry. shades of of eye opening, you yeah. know, like like the man with no name. He's barely got slits. I mean, you can yeah. barely see anything. Well, it's cop show, you yeah. know. It's clearly going to be dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we forgot to do the tagline. So, oh shit, yeah. And it's from the poster, and it's a little awkward. But I'm going to read you the tagline as it is on the poster. Okay. Life is never. Sh- oh man! <laughs> I'm already thinking about the, Yeah, I'm already thinking about just how to do it right. So, so the tagline on the poster: "Life is never too short when you're." Dot dot dot. Or does Correct. it say actually yeah, say dot, too dot, tall? Dot. Yeah. Okay. So there's an ellipsis at the end. And then the title in big bold letters on the poster is "Too Tall." Right. Okay. I like it. All right. You you hate it? I think it's terrible. <laughs> I could look. 
the, the tenseness in your face short. and in your jaw. Life you're is just never too short. I don't know. You haven't gone through life never as six foot short. five. You don't know. No, I haven't. Not even close. And nowhere near. And or proportional. No, never you know near. I mean, that's that's a rough way to go through life. Had a lady run out of the room ever. <laughs> I say, oh no, yeah. oh no, you know that's not not, not even remotely. that's not so, happening. Um, have you seen the movie To Die Is Hard? <laughs> no, but I, I did sit through Bikini Girls on Ice. To my credit, <laughs> so on IMDb, um, hard to miss, and I don't know what the connection is. Is a movie called To Die Is Hard, and and I initially thought it was like a legit. Like maybe Croatian attempt to do a Die Hard movie. Okay, and it's about a teacher named Joe McCann, an English teacher. But it turns out it seems to be an intentionally funny comedy. And I don't do not know how these are connected, but it's a suggested movie. So I am watching To Die Is Hard as soon as I can from from IMDb. From IMDb. Okay. So maybe somebody who worked on this worked on that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Who knows how that algorithm works? It could, you know. It could be on many different factors yeah. or is on many different factors. Absolutely. Um, so I mentioned the lack of reviews, and I think there was one. So I, there's a few reviews out there, but none into the standard well, of which I like. Did we end reviews. the movie? Should we say that he was successful, the the director was clapping oh, and yes. said, great take? Yeah. And yeah. so he, he passed his test at the, his moment. And, uh, you know, he's got his arms up in the air like Rocky, not literally in yeah. the movie, but that's that's the arc. And yeah. Oh, and, and I like how, you know, romantically he sees Melissa one final time and he's like, yes, have a good life. And he just walks the fuck on and uh, kisses her on the cheek, yeah. mind you, which is the kiss of death, he finally, right? He that, finally really... figured it out <laughs> and she... he meets up with uh, with Jen. And that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. And they, they embrace and kiss and... Uh, and Ew. they're they're together now. They are together. How are they doing? In the end of the movie, I've, well, I've been rooting. She for them has the whole a French time. last name, so I think they're doing pretty good. Yeah. Oh, meaning like she's taking care of business in all places because um, she's French. I, I I like where you're going with yeah, that, okay. but that's not where I would just because he spoke French is what I yeah. initially oh, thought. Yes, but absolutely. I I think the the. The French probably have a leg up on that. A leg up on that, Ryan. They, the French probably have a leg up on that. A frog leg up. <laughs> I love when you just leave me hanging out the dry. Know, it's way more fun. <laughs> and then you just grin at me like it's way more fun. <laughs> way more fun. <laughs> We're trying to elevate the levels of uh, of, of laughter fundum. and engagement. Yep. Well, this was uh, this was a fun watch. Um, I, like I said, it, it was kind of uneven in a way. Like I didn't know if sometimes it was being intentionally yeah. corny to be corny, but right, there were scenes that make me laugh out loud, and I got to tell you, that's harder and harder uh, for me lately. Like getting movies to make me laugh, and you know, it's just really harder. yeah, you're just not seeing them. I, well, I think that it's just you know, uh, you know, I'm just sadder more, I guess. <laughs> We really cry for help is what I was doing. Got, it's fine. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Well, yeah, this will be the end of it. <laughs> no, I just it's it's harder. I don't know. I, I find I think comedy is really hard to do, and in any any way, shape, or form, especially 
if you're not a famous, huge, famous person who, yeah. you know, the, the, you don't well, you know, you walk into the room before you do your you name. You think doesn't. in your lifetime how much material you've seen. Yeah. So it's hard to, to, to come up with a surprise, you know? Yeah. I mean, geez. Well, I did find a review that was, I think, worth reading. Okay. Uh, because I wouldn't want to, uh, to not end the way we normally do, you know? We have to. Well, yeah, we have to have that. And, and you know, I, I mean, there, there's some, there's stuff out there, but we like some fun stuff. Well, so after you do this review, I'll, I'll have a question for you, and we'll end it that way. Ah, all right. The movie. How's that? All right. Well, this is on Amazon. It's a five-star review on Amazon, so that is the, the highest of heights on Amazon. Oh. So it's a good one. Good for Ivan. Good for Ivan. I was reluctant to view this this movie because of the lack of reviews. I'm glad I took the chance. It shows how the entertainment industry has its aspect of what and who is sellable based on tried-and-true formulas. But then actors like Danny DeVito on Taxi broke that norm and can be great if only given the chance. James Arness of Gunsmoke fame was 6'7", and Chuck Connors of The Rifleman was 6'6". This movie shows that good acting is not measured by the inch, but by the depth. Like in the old days, when even TV series were better acted than most of today's CGI-laden attempts, to cover up acting mediocrity. Worth a watch. <laughs> wow. I got to say, I really like that CGI line. Uh, you know, not to be pompous uh-huh. or, you know, uh, oh, I'm an Throwing guy James Arness and fucking Chuck Connors into this. I, I loved it, man. I, that, well, I had no idea they me. were... Uh, the, the, the Rifleman and was still that tall. I would have said Chuck Connors of Tourist Trap fame, but that's just me. I'm yeah. a horror movie fan. Oh, see, I don't even... Yeah, I know him from The Rifleman. Oh, yeah. You, you, Chuck Connors? Yeah. Creepy motherfucker. Chuck Heston? Think, think about it. It could be. Always. Yeah, no, always. <laughs> we love our... Always creepy. Nova. Hashtag. Always you love. All right, well, you had a, a, a final... Uh, a yeah, final I, I had, had a... a wrap-up? Did you want to... Right uh, before that, the thought came into my mind there when you were saying that is... So, Ryan, as a blind date... Would you go out on a second one? Oh, that's a wonderful question. In, yeah. In the and it context... probably should be asked to me because I... <laughs> but yeah, I just thought of that when you were saying we didn't have the reviews, and I thought, well, let's... Well, what would that mean? Would that mean uh, seeing this film again or seeing another of Ivan's films? It, it would I would not seen it again, We'd have to maybe but maybe something related this. or going out or seeing another one of his films or something related, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did have to think about that, but yes. Yeah, yeah. You went back and forth there. Your eyes I, were, yeah. were I, going I around. I give, give real answers, but yeah, I would. Okay. Would you? Yeah, I I, I already did. I saw oh, Bi- Bikini, Bikini Girls yeah. on Ice, which was done by, you know, was it written by him or you just, okay. they were just actors. Don't get me wrong. That movie is all sorts of intriguing to me. I mean, I'm shocked that I didn't see it first. I think every listener... Of this podcast, <laughs> is shocked that I didn't see that movie. Well, first. That, so, that that title is very attractive. I know. I just want to feel say- like that's a Ryan title, and I feel like I've let everybody down. But you bringing that to the table is just juicy and sweet, man. <laughs> juicy, it is. I know what I said. Like, I'm like standing by it, like the pair of sweats that says "juicy" across the behind. That's right. Always just evokes just. You know, all, all the good things. All that's, the good things. It's like a brand itself, isn't it? That is. 
Well, thank you for going on this blind date. I hope, uh, listeners, if you enjoy this kind of thing, again, you can email us at uh, littleindependentpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, of course, that you can write, uh, ask us questions, give us movie suggestions, all that kind of stuff. We do have somebody new who's helping us, and uh, we are very, very thankful for that to that person as well. And, um, you know, Todd. Oh, it's over already, Ryan. I can't believe it. Uh, it went so fast. I know. I mean, the date's over. Yes, Ryan. We'll always have. I love it. Monty Doro. Like I'm introducing a movie to you. Like you're about to. Oh. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, yeah. Just a little independent.